I think that's the kiss of death, is if, if you're convinced that you're going to fail or fall or get hurt, that will come to fruition because that's what you're visualizing. I never, you know, I was willing to get hurt along the way, but I didn't visualize myself getting hurt along the way. Um, and I think that's what, that's what stops a lot of people and that's really what separates a lot of people from, from being world champions or from being as good as they can because they, they stop at some point saying, oh no, I, I am not capable of this or I'll probably get hurt doing this. Man, oh man, do we have a treat for you today. We have the Babe Ruth, the Billie Jean King, of skateboarding. That's right. We have Tony Hawk. I'm your host, Eric Qualman. A lot of you know me as Equal Man. Thank you for joining us for the Super U podcast. We're going to walk through with Tony what it means to step into discomfort, also what it means to not be afraid of failure. And this guy was doing stuff that could literally, he could die from. Just some of the tricks that he's been doing since a teenager on a skateboard. Now, I was really fortunate to meet Tony many years ago in Africa. We were in the middle of nowhere, Africa. I wasn't so jet lagged. I was in this tent. I was there. I was brought in to speak for this group. Uh, the CEO, the owner of this, this multi-billionaire, one of the richest guys in the world, in this tent, smoking. First guy I met him. Uh, had had a couple cocktails, more than a couple. <laughs> had had more than a couple of cocktails. Uh, was getting a little, little wild. And then also, we're in a tent in the middle of a safari, essentially, so that we could see silhouettes of elephants giraffes and occasionally a leopard and a lion walk by very cool but also at the same time kind of bizarre that i'm in this tent that is filling with cigarette smoke uh, it's getting a little wild in there i'm pretty jet lagged and then lo and behold i look to my right who is sitting right next to me but legendary skateboarder tony hawk i couldn't believe it i had to pinch myself and he turned out to be the coolest guy he just leans over and he goes where the hell are we and I started laughing because I was thinking the exact same thing. They brought Tony in not only to do some tricks, to show some tricks, but also to talk because he became a very successful, he is a very successful businessman post his athletic career. That's right, skateboarding, you are an athlete. If you ever see these guys in person, holy smoke, these guys and girls, it is beyond, that's something that I can do. And I can't blame height on it because... I can say, well, I'm too tall, but Tony is a tall guy. That's the thing that was most impressive is I go, this guy is legit. He is tall. 6'3", to be exact, which most of these skateboarders are spider monkeys, so it's crazy. They're tiny. This guy's 6'3", and he's the greatest skateboarder of all time, Tony Hawk. At least in my book, he's the greatest. He single-handedly puts skateboarding on the quote-unquote proverbial map. And so we're going to unpack that. We're going to unpack some other things here. Today on the Super U Podcast, the podcast designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that's within all of us. We're all superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape. So, Tony, a lot of parents these days, they're telling their high school student, hey, you got to do something. You can't just play video games all day. 
And what's interesting, though, is these high school kids are looking at them, what do you mean I can't play video games all day? There's scholarships. Over 50 universities now offer scholarships for eSports. So it's literally a career, even after you get out of college, it's a very lucrative career to be very good at these eSports. Now, you're a pioneer in skateboarding. You ran into some of these same hurdles. Walk us through what that looked like. Being a pro skater was the equivalent of being a professional yo-yo player. <laughs> Um, and it wasn't until I was uh, 17 when I started actually making money yeah. um, that, that it became more of an issue because, because the, they were still, they were saying like, you have to figure out what you're gonna do with your life. You have to figure out your career. And I was like, I think I have a career. Yeah. I'm making money and, and I own a house and I'm still in high school. That seems like a career yeah. to me, <laughs> you know? And, and they, and, and, they were saying, well, it, most of it was just like, it's not going to last. But definitely uh, in, from the ages of, say, 17 to 21. And then after that, it, it, it started falling out. Yeah, it was definitely um, less and less popular each year. Okay, now you're trucking along. You got this career. You've got a house, like you mentioned. You're in your teens, but then all of a sudden you're 23, 24, and all of a sudden the bottom falls out in the whole skateboarding world. The thing that you created, the whole market bottoms out. What happens? I was 24 with a child on the way, two mortgages, and saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I don't, the skateboard doesn't seem like it's lasting. Um, and I took a chance and started my own skateboard company at the time, which seemed like the most ridiculous idea, but, but it just showed how devoted I was to the sport. Like, I love skateboarding so much that I was willing to risk everything just to be in control of a skate brand because I thought my career as a skater was over. You know, like in those days, if you're in your 20s, that's, that was the, the top end of the age limit of what people thought you could be relevant. And um, so I said, okay, I'm gonna start a company and start my own team and be able to guide them uh, because, through my experience. Now, when you first start becoming Tony Hawk or even to this day, how do you put guardrails? That's something that I wrestle with. How do you put guardrails in place to protect family time and also protect who you are? I'd say through the 2000s when things were crazy and there was, you know, suddenly it was like, wait, you're a celebrity for skateboarding. Mm. I, I thought I had to fit that role and I kind of chased it for a while. It was like, Ooh. oh, you got a red carpet and you go to this and this event and you got to go to, you know, go to this charity event and con. And, and it was yeah. like, and I did it for a while and I was like, I don't want to hang out with these people. Yeah, and right. I was like, just because they're famous doesn't make them fun or cool. Like, and there you, it was, it was kind of a... It, I came to that realization maybe a little too late, like at the cost of going and, and mm. you know, uh, not spending time with my kids and, you know, just kind of suddenly I thought, oh, this is where I am. This, this is, is where this is what I'm supposed to do yeah. at this level. And, um, and it was, it sucked. Like it was, you know, I, yeah. I it's not yep. that I have regret. I learned a lot from it. I'm glad I oh, came sure. to the fire and yeah. came back to doing what I love. But for sure there was a, there was a moment there where I was caught in the hype and, and thought that that's, this is my life now. So like a lot of transitions, a lot of career transitions, you go from being the individual star to becoming the manager, coach, boss of the team. I think it'd be helpful for our listeners if you can walk us through the difference. Um, I didn't really notice it in my peers because my peers were the ones, my contemporaries at the time in the 80s, they were all really good as far as I could tell, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't think, oh, this guy's not utilizing his talents enough or this guy's not motivated enough. We were all sort of coming up together um, it wasn't until I started my own team when 
I realized that there are people with incredible talent and no motivation. And then there are other people that are willing to work their ass off who don't have a natural ability but will become successful because they're so determined. Um, and, and I saw it, I mean, I, I saw it especially in a couple of guys that, that I first put on the birdhouse team. I know as a kid and also to this day, skateboarding parks can be quite controversial in communities, but I, to me personally, I see them as basketball courts. Yet there's some bad stuff that can go down on an inner city basketball court, but net, it's a positive. You know, it keeps people off the street. It keeps them out of gangs. Maybe walk us through the mindset of when you go in to build a skate park for a particular community. We know that we've empowered someone else to do a lot of the groundwork, mm -hmm. so we don't like taking credit for that. And, and I yeah, think that our, our model of how we do skate parks is, is, is that, where we're not just going, all right, here's a small town like Fargo, North Dakota. They need a skate park. We're going to come in and build a skate park, and we get the glory. We, wanna, we want the communities to have a sense of pride and ownership in the project that, that they helped to create, yes. that they were having fundraisers for, that they were petitioning for, and going to city council meetings. We just, you know, we just give them the tools to make that happen. Now as a skateboarder, what you do is very dangerous. Heck, I took a double snowboarding last year and was out for about a year and I'm not doing a third of the crazy stuff you guys are doing. So what you do is very dangerous. Does failure ever creep into your mind? Can it creep in your mind? Or does that mean that you will fail or fall if it creeps in your mind? I'm willing to struggle through the learning process and even change what I'm, my approach to doing something just to figure out how to do it. Um, and so I guess I just never, I never wanted to back down from a challenge, even one that I just posed for myself. I think that's the kiss of death is if, if you're convinced that you're going to fail or fall or get hurt, that will come to fruition because that's what you're visualizing. I never you know, I was willing to get hurt along the way, but I didn't visualize myself getting hurt along the way. Um, and I think that's what, that's what stops a lot of people, and that's really what separates a lot of people from, from being world champions or from being as good as they can because they, they stop at some point saying, oh no, I, I am not capable of this, or I'll probably get hurt doing this. And if you approach anything with that hesitation, you're going to fail. Um, I always approached it like, this is going to work. I'm going to figure this out, um, even if it takes me hundreds of attempts. Creativity, innovation, we talk a lot about that here with entrepreneurs. I think it holds true what you do. Obviously, we should have another podcast just about your business life and entrepreneurship that you've been able to do, Tony. But in skateboarding, there's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of innovation. You have to do something that's never been done before. In these new moves, this innovation can come from anywhere in the world, from Uruguay to Uganda, to right outside of where we met in Africa and Uganda. Especially in the, in the case of, uh, there's, there's a skate park in Uganda where these guys went there. Um, they were doing some charity work and, and they had skateboards and some of the people, the, the villagers there were, took interest in it. So they built them this, this concrete park. It's amazing. It looks like it's made out of clay. And the type of skating the, guy, the, the, the people are doing from Uganda in this park is not influenced from the magazines or from the videos or anything like that. So they've, on, they've almost created their own style. And some of the things they're doing are really fun and interesting to me. They would be, you know, considered more novelty to, to us, perhaps, but, but they've taken it to new levels and, and doing these tricks, you know, doing these sort of early grab tricks or flips and types of stuff like that that... Um, 
that we wouldn't really consider doing because it's not what's considered cool now. And so that to me is really exciting, you know, as, as different as it is. Uh, and I think it, it shows that you can have these pockets of interest and passion and create your own style of doing it. I mean, that's absolutely what we were doing in the 80s because we didn't have those influences. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't, you know, we were barely getting skate magazines. So we were just making up as we went. Wrapping things up here with one last question. What do you derive the most satisfaction from in your career? When I first did a trick, when I first did my own unique trick mm. and created one, I was 11 and I, I learned how to jump and turn my board under my feet, which in a direction that no one had done before. That feeling is like the dragon I've been chasing the whole time. Uh, well, I would say keep challenging yourself. That's, that's what I've done. I didn't care how I ranked or the accolades. I just wanted to keep learning new techniques and new tricks and, and even ones that made me uncomfortable. And if you embrace all that and you are determined to figure it out, you will. And, and it'll bring you probably the most self-satisfaction anything, of anything else. Unbelievable, unbelievable. When you think of someone that creates a category, we think about skateboarding, it was just like yo-yoing. Nobody knew of it. And it was considered this thing that was just off on the side. And so that, Tony Hawk, is the Michael Jordan of skateboarding. It's crazy. He's a Sally Ride of skateboarding, you think about it like that. But anyways, this is Equal Man. Hope you got a lot out of today's episode. I know I certainly did. This is the podcast designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that is within all of us. It cannot be done without the great people here at the studio that make it all possible. That's Jake Brin, Maritza Gutierrez, and Kelsey Gomez. And of course, we wouldn't have a podcast if you didn't listen. So thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. This is your host, Equal Man, reminding all of us that we are all superheroes. We just need the courage to wear the cape. Seven. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Super, 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 super you. Uh.